Hey everyone, this is Julie. I'm the lead pastor at the Grove Church. Welcome to our message podcast. We are so glad you decided to listen in. For more information, visit our website, thegrovecommunity.net, and check out our Instagram, thegrovefc. But most importantly, we hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy! Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Grove Church Online. My name is Julie. I'm the lead pastor here at The Grove, where it is our mission to love God, love people, and live out. If you are joining us for the first time this morning, we are so glad that you're here, and I hope one day to be able to meet you in person. But for now, thanks for joining in with us online. We are in the middle of a series called The Good Life. Ah, the good life, something that we all want. We all might describe the good life a little differently, but for each of us, it consists of some sort of variation of doing the things that we love with the people that we love and having enough money to be able to make those things happen. It is a little bit interesting timing, I'm aware, for everything that we have going on in our lives, but let me ask you this question. How many of you have lost your desire to have the good life just because we are in a crisis? Probably nobody, right? So if you are watching, we would love for you to be interacting with the, with the live video. And so you can post in there who you are, your name, where you're watching from, and you can just give us a big like, no, my desire for having the good life has not changed just because the world is in crisis, my family might be in crisis, or some people that I love, their lives might be in crisis. And it seems like this desire to have the good life is a little bit more pronounced and heightened than normal because it seems harder to get than usual. So in the Bible, there are these three books that when used together are supposed to get us the good life. They are chock full of wisdom, good ways that you should live your life. They all have a little bit of a different theme, a different mood, but when you put them together, they create this big picture view of what you do to get a good life. So what are these three books that you speak of, Julie? Well, here they are. The first one is the book of Proverbs. Now you can think of Proverbs as this idealistic, enthusiastic young teacher that has this heart for telling the world, hey, life, there's patterns. And if you live by these patterns, if you do good, you'll get good. So try it out. And then there's the book of Ecclesiastes. And you can think of Ecclesiastes like this, uh, this sharp, middle-aged critic. He's extremely smart. Uh, he's had some experiences in his life. And he's like, yes, but, okay, it's not that easy. And he's kind of like got a pipe and he's got a, a jacket, a tweed jacket with some like elbow patches on him. And, and I'm not talking about a pipe like a Colorado pipe. I'm talking about a Sherlock Holmes type pipe, okay? He's, he's got this more critical um, idea of the world that he wants us to have. And what he says is, sometimes you can't control everything, even though we want to. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. You can't control life. And so you might as well just enjoy it. And then the third book, is the book of Job. Now you can think of Job 
as kind of like a weathered old man. He's maybe got a walking stick. His hair is gray. He's been through some tough experiences. His entire life falls apart in the blink of an eye. Everything that he had ever known is different than what he thought it was going to be. Sound a little bit familiar? So in the midst of this, Job gets really mad. He gets mad at God. He gets mad at his life. He questions God. And in the course of him questioning God, he gets to the point where he says, you know what? I am not ever going to understand fully why this happened. But in the process of that, he saw God in a new and deeper way. It changed his relationship with God for the better. And then throughout these three books, there is this theme that seems to permeate all three of them and tie them together. And this theme is this in Proverbs 3, 7. It says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. All three of the books, it says this very same thing, right? Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Now this phrase, fear the Lord. It can be a little bit confusing, but I want to make it pretty simple. This word fear, it doesn't just mean fear as in like this thing that you're super scared of. It means to have respect. It means to be in awe of somebody, to revere them, to have reverence for them. And what it's saying is that our heart, our attitude towards God should be one that says, we respect you enough to do what you tell us to do in these three books that are supposed to give us the good life. It means that we trust you enough to follow the wisdom that you have given us because we believe that it's going to give us a good life. Now, you might be tuning in this morning because you have nothing better to do on a Sunday morning and you are absolutely bored out of your mind because you've been in quarantine for like two weeks already. Or maybe some of, of your friends started a watch party and you're joining in. Or maybe you're just, you're curious, you're going through a rough time and you're trying to make sense of your new reality, your new world. And so you're saying, I don't know that I actually believe in God. I, I don't know that I fear him, that I'm in awe of him, that I respect him. Now here's the deal, that is okay. You might not believe in God, but he believes in you. And I believe that if you keep coming back, keep tuning in, God is going to tell you the things that you need to hear this morning. He is going to speak directly into your heart. And so I encourage you to keep coming back until you get to that point where you do know him and see him in new ways. And so the part that we're really going to focus in on this morning is the part in the verse where it says that we are supposed to turn away from evil. Now, we don't actually talk about evil. It's not something that we, we talk about on a regular basis. And when we think about evil, we tend to have this very black and white view of it. And in fact, it's almost like it's something that we think about as being in movies or it's a cartoon character in a movie. And in the movies, evil is really obvious. I mean, look at this picture of all of these people. You look at them and they just like ooze evil and you're not, you don't have to be told, oh, this is the evil character in the movie. You just know it's super, super obvious. Now, I, I have a theory about this, okay? And so I, I want to invite you into my, into my theory and tell me what you think. You can comment on this, okay? If you check out this picture, 
So many of them have these like weird, uncomfortable neck situations going on where there's like pointy things and they really would have a hard time fully rotating their neck. And then a lot of them have these staffs with these creepy animals on them, but the bottom of it is pokey and pointy. And so I think, I wonder, I'm gonna take a gander that maybe they weren't evil to begin with. Maybe their outfits that they were wearing were like so uncomfortable that it made them perma-cranky and they turned evil because of it. It could, you know, could be, it's a theory. It could have happened, okay? But in the movies, evil is obvious. It's clear. It's right there. It's in your face. But what if evil in real life is not that obvious? You're going, I'm stuck here at home in my house I guarantee you I'm not hanging out with any cartoon villains. And in fact, even if I wanted to, I couldn't really get into trouble. I couldn't engage with anything evil because I'm stuck in my house with absolutely nothing to do. But here's the deal. In real life, evil is not that obvious, but it doesn't mean that it's not there. And we probably, in our own language and terminology, wouldn't even call it evil. And in fact, evil, sorry, Jesus spoke of e evil in different terms, okay? So he was in a situation where he's teaching all of his people. He's in a group setting. He's got his disciples there. He has the, the, the leaders of the land that were really hypocritical and they, they were supposed to be religious, but their heart wasn't in it. But they were doing all the right things, but their heart wasn't in it. And so on this day, on the Sabbath, the day of rest, when you're not supposed to do any work, and these religious leaders were really intense about that, observing it, Jesus interacts with this blind guy. And not only does he say, hey, listen, your sins are forgiven, which is a huge blessing, right? He's like, don't worry about it. Your sins are forgiving. Go and live a new life. He decides to take it one step further, and he says, you can see again. He restores his sight. Now, you would think that the people that were there would think this was amazing, and they would applaud Jesus for it. I mean, if I, if I could see somebody heal somebody's vision, that would be, right, that would be like fear, all inspiring, respect-worthy, except that the Pharisees were mad because he was doing work on the Sabbath. So they start criticizing him and saying, why did you do this? So Jesus starts telling the story about the difference between him and this thief in this situation. And here's what he says in John 10.10. 10. He says, the thief's purpose, the adversary's purpose, this other person in the story, their purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now here's why this is important, okay? Jesus is not just in the business of sin forgiveness. He takes it a step bigger than that. He takes it up a notch and he says, I am not just about, just about forgiving sins. I am about giving people a full life. I am about transforming the entire person. And so I don't just want to forgive this person's sins. I want him to be able to see because I think that that would lead to a more rich and satisfying life. And so what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, hey, listen, evil, it's not just a Disney witch. Evil is anything 
that is diminishing, that is taking away, that's stealing, killing, destroying our chance to have the full life that God wants us to have. Evil is anything that diminishes the life that God wants us to have. That was his destiny, his intention for us at the all beginning of the time. So what does it look like to turn away from the things that rob us of the fullness that God wants us to have? So I think for us it means that we take a step back. We look at the things that we're doing and we say, not just, you know, are they evil? Because th that's something that I think we, we even have a hard time relating to. But are the things that we're doing, are they robbing us of a chance to have a full and satisfying life? And right now, we are in the beginning. I, I know it might not seem like it because it seems like it's been going on for quite a while. But we are still in the beginning of another three weeks of having stay-at-home orders. And we get to decide and choose what our story is going to be and the decisions that we're making and how we are going to spend our time in the process of our coronavirus quarantine. And so for us, it means that we need to turn away from the things that are not bringing us life. And what is God saying to you this morning? He is saying, turn away from the things that are not bringing you life. Turn away from them. Stop doing them. Put it aside. So here are some, some things that I think we could turn aside from in these days, okay? We have the choice when we wake up in the morning how we're going to spend our day. And we have the choice of whether we're going to start casually drinking all day long starting at 10 a.m. because there's nothing else to do. Or one of the best things that I've ever heard about drinking is to make sure that you're not doing it when you're upset. That drinking is something to do when you're having fun and it's social. But there could be this time in your life right now when you're super stressed, you have nothing going on, and you start turning to drinking in order to make yourself feel better. You get to choose in the morning when you wake up if you are going to start saying, hey, uh, I'm just going to start scrolling all day long and just reading the news and reading all the bad stuff that's going on. I'm just going to scroll my life away. Or maybe you're going to choose to just binge on Netflix and Hulu and, and pass the time away that way. But what if we took a chance to say, let's turn towards the things that are giving us life and let's put aside things that are diminishing our time. And so what does this look like for you? Well, I think one of the things that we are all wrestling with is our, our relationship with work and the things that we're doing. Because for a lot of us, our work has been either taken away or put on pause. And we're asking some really tough questions about our value, about our reality, about our relationship with work. And I'm not just talking about your job work. It could also be your schoolwork. It could also be the value that you give to your parenting and trying to become or trying to be the perfect parent. And maybe this is a chance for us to say, hey, maybe we are putting too much stock in our work. Maybe we become a bit of a workaholic and we need to push that aside and allow God to speak into us about the value that he has given us aside and different from work. And ladies, I wanna to speak um, to you this morning, if, especially if you have kids. A lot of us can get so busy in our life and with our parenting that we put all of our focus and our intention into our children and they become 
our top priority. And maybe this is a time when all of a sudden your husband is around and you're going, oh my gosh, I, 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 I'm not even sure how I can handle this because I feel like I need to be there for my kids, but my husband's around more and, and we're engaging more. This could be a really good time for you to kind of reset those priorities and make sure that you are paying attention to your husband and giving him some more focused attention that he really deserves. Maybe for you it's saying, hey, I, I, me and my family, we have gotten into too much debt. We have been spending our money in ways that did not set us up well to prepare for an international crisis like we're dealing with. And maybe God is wanting us to turn aside from that too tight relationship that we have on money. What are these things that we can turn away from? Now, the Bible uses another word for evil than just diminishing life, right? Another word that the Bible uses for evil is just trouble, okay? This, this says turn away from trouble. Now, uh, I love Ta Taylor Swift. She's my girl. And one of the things that I love about her is that she's just so honest. And she has this song called I Knew You Were Trouble. And the whole thing is about meeting this guy. And he, she's just like from the beginning. She's like, I know. I know. This guy is not a good influence. This is not going to end well. And yet she still continues to pursue this relationship with him. And obviously it doesn't go well. And I think that a lot of us could say, hey, this is us. This is where we've been. That we have been engaging in some behaviors and activities, mindsets that we know they're trouble. They're trouble if we were just to be honest with us. But the busyness of life allowed us to put those things in a corner and not deal with them. And now as life is kind of taking a step back that we are being forced to be less busy, this could be a time where we deal with those issues, with the trouble that we know is actually looming in front of us. So, um... Not a lot of really interesting things happen to me in my life. I kind of lead like a pretty boring existence, but I have like one actually good fun story that I tell and some of you have heard it before. So hang in there it has a little bit of a different twist than what you've heard before. But I, in fact, um, about seven years ago, I got ran over by a dog, not a car. A dog and so here's the backstory of this I was um, I was going on a walk with a friend her name is Kara we were on this walk and as we were walking down the street out of nowhere not one but two giant bull mastiffs come running at us full speed if, if you saw this dog running at you full speed not knowing if it was a friendly dog or not you would have been absolutely terrified and I can attest to that because I did not know that my life was going to be okay after the situation. So what I decided to do was turn around because I would rather have my back be mauled by a dog than my face because my wedding was uh, two months away at this point. So we are, we are standing there and I turn around and this dog runs directly into me, takes my feet out from behind me, I fall back and whack my head on the pavement and I was not all there I had to get taken to the hospital so my my future husband my fiance at the time his name is Joseph he calls his parents to tell them that he is on his way up from Denver to come see me at the hospital and my father my father-in-law bless him okay his first question is not is she okay 
his first question to my husband is, does she remember you? <laughs> he was so concerned that I wasn't going to remember him and that we weren't going to be able to get married. And he was like so close to marrying off his last kid and being like, you deal with him, not my problem anymore. And Joseph says, well, I, I actually, I don't know. I, I, I haven't spoken to her yet. I, I guess that's a good question. I hadn't even thought about it. And then he goes, you know what? You know what? Doesn't matter. We don't even need to worry about it. And he starts counting up the time before our wedding and he realizes that the wedding is two months away and he says, doesn't matter. You can win her back all over again because you guys only dated for two months before you went wing shopping in the first place. So he's like, not worried about it. It's going to be all good. You'll get married. But here's the part that I didn't tell you about. There was somebody else, something else on our walk. And there was Kara's dog, Kirby, on our walk, on a leash. Now, Kirby sees these two giant beasts of an animal running at us, and she doesn't get away from her leash. She doesn't pull the leash out of her owner's hand. She literally somehow gets her collar around her neck, and she runs all the way home, barking her head off. Now, we need to be more like Kirby in our lives. Kirby just didn't say, oh, I'm just going to turn away from this evil. I'm just going to turn away from this bad situation. No, she ran all the way home. She ran towards life. She ran towards where she felt comfortable. She ran towards good. And in our life, we need to just not turn away from the things that are diminishing our lives. We need to turn towards the things that are going to increase our life, that are going to make us better neighbors, better friends better followers after Jesus, people that are going to change our neighborhood for the better, change our community for the better. We need to be running towards those things. So what does it look like for us this morning to do that? Psalm 34, 14 says it this way. It says, turn from evil and don't just stop there. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So what are you turning towards? How are you going to use this opportunity of this coronavirus trial and crisis and chaos? How can you use this as an opportunity to have some downtime in your life to turn towards something good? So what does that look like? Well, for a lot of you, you might be married and you can use this opportunity to grow your marriage. Maybe all of a sudden you're around each other, you have more time and you're like, we're a little bit like strangers. We, we're not as close as we used to. Life is a bit busy. Maybe we have kids that have gotten in the way. Maybe, right, just life is busy. And so what would it look like if you took this time to really invest in your marriage, to read a book together, uh, to ask some get to know you questions, to have a stay at home date after the kids go to bed, Date your spouse, use this extra time, turn off the TV, stop scrolling through social media and use this time to get your, to know your spouse better. And in the meantime, maybe you'll even spend some more time canoodling and enjoying that part of your marriage as well, because it's something that is really important. Add life to your marriage. Maybe it looks like you're investing into your friendships, you're calling them more, you're FaceTiming them more. Maybe it means that you are sitting down with your budget and your finances and you're praying about how you need to be spending your time, your money more effectively. Maybe you start setting up a plan to start saving and to start giving back to your local church. What are some things that you can do? 
And so I don't want to continue to give you uh, my own examples. Um, I want you to think through right now and just pause and take time to ask God what he wants to say to you this morning. What is God telling you that you need to turn from? And what is God telling you that you need to turn towards so that you can run towards the things that are going to give you life? Every week at The Grove, we have what's called our God space time. We create God time for God to speak to you because normally you're running off to your normal busy schedules. And we believe that God wants to be in relationship with you and that he has things to say to you specifically this morning. And so right now in the quietness of your seat, take some time to ask God what he wants you to turn from and what he wants you to turn to. Will you pray with me this morning? God, thank you so much that you care about us, that you have given us these three books, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Job, because you care about us having a good life. Thank you for giving us these Proverbs, these little lessons that if we do good, that we typically get good. And thank you for addressing the times that we, we did all the right things and yet still life was hard and we can't control it. I pray that we would try to enjoy it as much as we can, even though we are all going through a rough time. And I pray that in that rough time, we would turn towards you, not away from you, and that we would see you in new and greater ways. And I pray that as we think about and continue to dwell on what it means to fear you, to turn away from evil, that we would turn away from the things that are diminishing our life and turn towards the things that are adding value. In your name we pray, amen. What would it look like if we all did this? If we started turning towards things that could make not just our life better, but our entire community better. And on our website, on our main page, we uh, have announced we have a mobilization platform. This mobilization platform is a way that you can that we can connect people that need help with people that can help. And we've been organizing people and, and organizations. It's been really fun to see people stepping up uh, this past week. We helped out with the um, with the Murphy Center and Homeward Alliance to help move some offices so that they could uh, increase some social distancing space in between. Um, the people that, that are living there, that the homeless shelter. And what would it look like if we continued to say, yes, we can still do these things in the midst of the coronavirus because they're actually considered essential services? What would it look like if we continue to pour into our children and teach them about God? And we have um, a new thing called a Kids Corner that we put on our website Okay, because they can't be here, and we know that it's really even hard to watch the message and try to engage with 
with the message while our kids are running around, as my husband experienced last week. And so we've created this kids' corner where it has um, a message that they can listen to and a craft and some songs and discussion points because we want this to be an opportunity where you turn towards the things that are going to make not just your life healthier, but your kids' life healthier. What would it look like if we all did this as a group of people? So if you have joined us this morning, we would love to know that you've been here. And one of the ways that we will know that you've been here is by filling out that communication card link that we're going to put on the, on the comments right now. It's just a section for you to go and write down the most important thing being your name and your email address. We're not going to bombard you with thousands of emails that we are going to tell you when we're going to be back here live and in person so you can join us. And then there's a section for you to write any prayer requests that you have. Our staff loves to pray for you. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe that it can and does change lives. And so we want to walk this journey of hardship with you. Please let us know what is going on and how we can pray for you. And then also we are going to post a link to a worship set that we have that ties together with the theme of what we're talking about this morning. So after the live video ends, you can click on that and worship God in the comfort of your own home. You don't just have to worship God in a church. You can worship God anywhere that you want. Thank you everybody so much for joining us this morning. Continue to turn away from the things that are diminishing your life and towards the things that are going to bless it and benefit it. And we hope to see you right back here next week, same time, same place. Thanks for listening to our message podcast. Are you local? We would love for you to join us in person on Sunday. We have tons of fun at our services. If you liked this podcast, take a moment to subscribe. You can click the share button and share it with a friend or take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram or Facebook. And hey, always remember you are loved.